0: Fucking yeah, it's the I think big, it's the big fucking it. button that says go live, actually, to be fair, isn't it? It's just been a hell of a week. Welcome
1: to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the Cosmos from independent validator
0: teams. Hello, and welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the Cosmos from independent valid- validator teams, validoodle teams. That's what I nearly said. Uh, and despite that being a bit of a downer intro as I try to find the fucking button to press, oops demonetized, demonetized already. Let's go. <laughs> let's fucking go demonetized <laughs> immediately within the first 10 seconds, we have probably the most exciting show that we've we've all been looking forward to this for like a month or two, but working out everybody's schedule has taken fucking ages. So we've got Sally, Jake, and Ethan to talk about mesh security, which is super fucking exciting if you're into, well, if you're into Cosmos making it, then you should be excited about mesh security because otherwise we probably NGMI. So let's go, mesh security. Um, Right, we're just gonna like ask you some questions about mesh security, is that cool? Or do you guys wanna like say something about it first? Are you like, I've just gotta get this off my chest about mesh security what a lot of people don't understand mesh security is. Is there anything you want to say before we just ask you dumb questions?
2: I think we should introduce it because I actually told some people to check in. because said, today we're talking the future of proof of stake. So like maybe you should assume some people don't even know what mesh security is. They weren't around the hack wasm. They have not been following this. So maybe you should catch them up first before we go and drop the crazy knowledge. Okay.
0: You've opened the crazy heart. knowledge. You've, said, you've told people they're going to learn about the future of proof of stake. It is. And so, I mean, I'll say like, I started,
2: I'll, I'll frame this way. I started Cosmos in 2016 when I got like built both Tenement POS. I got into that one. I heard that like 2015. I got like super stoked about that one. And then when they explained IBC, inner blockchain communication, and how to make sovereign connections to that. This is 2016, right? And this is like mind blown. This is next level stuff, right? It took it, okay, five years to get everything out, four or five years to get everything implemented. But like, it took people like three years even to realize this was a thing, right? Like it was so far advanced that it was like in 2020, we're like, oh yeah, multi-chain bridges is a good idea. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I've been working that for like three years, guys. Um, so for me, mesh security is one of these next like mind-blowing things, right? I don't think it'll take so long to get out there because people are in it. But like, okay, we can have proof of stake. Okay, we dig that. We have bridges. Like even IBC secure bridges is important, right? It's like, great. What are you building? It? Send tokens. And you're like, no, no, we can build something more, right? So people are talking about building like, you know, cross-chain calling composition and we're still working on stuff like that and for me like we're working on that stuff and then Messi is like let's just throw a bomb down here let's like take proof of stake itself run the over ibc and have like the like meta proof of stake like level of like like whoa 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 this is what the hell is going on here right like so I me mean, this is one of those mind-blowing things when i saw science talk in cosmoverse i was like whoa like yes yes this is crazy this is awesome like, it might not happen next week. And the major change will take a while to adopt a major change. But like, yeah, let's do it. And let's get some tests going on it. And like, convince people like this is feasible, it's realistic. And I think there's a lot of naysayers just saying, this is too much. I can't understand it. It's probably wrong. But, um, but man, it is fucking sense. And so like, he this things so we weren't around, uh, we had Cosmo versus Medellin. Uh, was that like a month ago, six weeks ago, five weeks ago, something crazy. And uh, suddenly dropped the first day that is crazy talk on my security, and how it's a future. And maybe you can give some more explanation on why it's so awesome. And then the hack was, I mean, architect out there, Jake and I didn't sleep for two days. Um, Code like madmen and ended up with a fucking like MVP that like it worked. It, the rewards aren't working, but you could stake tokens in one chain. It sends off across the chain and it would actually stake it, cross stake it and like add validators. You could stake across the validator on the chain. And that was pretty fucking crazy. And it's like, you know, now open source, got contributors and, um, we even got a record out of it. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking. that's awesome. Uh, thank you for that one. Thank you. I think for that one. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's good. So, I, I just want to say that framing it like this way for me, this is like in terms of infrastructure levels, so the biggest mind blow I've had since IBC. So, um, maybe Sonny can explain a little more like what it is. And before I do into like the future, how it's going out. So, yep. Sonny, it's
0: my thing to always ask if you've ever I don't think we've ever done any engineering work together so you've probably never seen me do this but I always just say okay everybody can you just explain this like I'm five so that's probably another good introduction to like from your point of view like mesh security Eli five it to me I am a moron come on idiot in a hurry or idiot in a medium level of hurry Let's what do T L
3: I ten or fifteen. How about that? Uh, All right, that sounds,
0: we can compromise at ten. We can compromise <laughs> okay, at 10. Okay,
3: ten. So there's this thing called proof of stake. And the idea no, slide, behind
0: slow down, slow down. what what is proof
3: of st- <laughs> okay. no I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay. Proof of stake. It's a way of securing blockchains. And the idea is you people are putting some coin with economic value to secure a blockchain. So you know, Ethereum is now running proof of stake. It has ETH as its collateral uh, as the staking coin. Osmosis has OSMO. Juno has Juno. Cosmos Hub has Atom. Each of these chains have like, and and the amount of economic security each chain's proof of stake system has is about the value of the coins that are staked on their chain. And this is rough, you know, you roughly proportional to the market cap of these coins. And so you know. Every other blockchain ecosystem has this like idea that like, hey, we're going to have like one base coin and base chain at the center of everything, and it provides security for everything else built on top of it and on its ecosystem. So, you know, this originally started with the model of like, hey, we'll have one chain like Ethereum and just all the applications get built on top of it. uh, And that one ETH token will secure everything, all the contracts built on top of it. We, we realized over time, or they realized over time, we knew that for a while, that that's definitely not going to scale uh, long term. And so then they're sort of then that moved towards this world of like sharding and like rollups and stuff, where it's saying like, hey, we can have still have one base chain and have all these other chains, but they still get their security from the one uh, base token. So this is kind of like what the Polkadot model did, where they're like, hey, we have all of these parent chains. Uh, people can build their new chains, but they all have to use dot staking and use the polka dot validator set. In Cosmos, we we take a different approach where our goal is to make something that has no single central point of failure, no single token or chain at the center of it, but really build this network of sovereign interoperating chains, which is what we've built so far today. But You know, one of the big questions that people from other ecosystems always ask is how are you gonna secure how are these chains gonna be secure enough? You know, like Osmosis market cap and Juno market cap and stargaze market cap, each of these individually is like way lower than like something like Ethereum or let's say Solana or these like high L1 market cap things. And this was driven largely by this like fact protocol thesis that has been like around in the crypto space for the last like, I don't know, five years, five or six years, which has said that like, hey, all these L1s are going to get value from the applications built on top. And what we're starting to see is in Cosmos is like applications are like, wait a second, why are we giving all this value to these like L1s that we're built on top of? Instead, let's just go build our own app chains. But now it's like, how are these app chains going to secure each other? Well, the answer is they're all going to, you know, build a coalition and secure each other, right? So if you look at uh, so the, the analogy that we gave in uh, – I gave in the talk at Cosmoverse is if, you know, the L1, normal L1 model of security is like this empire model where it has all of these colonies, but you still have one empire that's like giving security to everyone else – Mesh security is more like a NATO model, where it's like, hey, you have a bunch of sovereign countries that all are securing each other. They, you know, they all have their own militaries. They they have their own independent governance systems, but they have a mutual defense pact. If any one of them is attacked, they sort of all uh, agree to rush to each other's defense. Um, you know, maybe Article Five will be tested sometime in this coming week. Uh, we'll see how that's going. But, Let's have uh, no. Yeah, but so, but that that that, that's the fundamental like base premise, and so uh, yeah, that's kind of the mesh security is just this idea that hey, how can we have many chains that like use the sum of their economic value to secure all of them rather than one chain, only one token securing one chain. Uh, Now the actual implementation of how to do that there's actually what i think maybe one thing that i feel didn't come across super clearly from the talk is that there's actually many ways to mesh security is just this idea and there's many ways of implementing mesh security there's you know right
0: so i guess like a follow-up question was going to be yeah, you know, i guess a lot of people will be familiar with ics as a concept so we've been talked about a lot there's recently been the um I am going to get the name wrong because it's very close to the name of this podcast, the Game of Chains. Yeah. Recently, right, which right. is the ICS um, validator uh, competition. Um, and my my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the kind of the jumping off point for mesh is sort of the ballpark design for where ICS was going for like not version two, but potentially version three. Is that right? yeah so it's that that kind of layering thing that i think uh, because i I think i this was uh, going back a few months but i think i posted something very facetious on uh twitter about i don't really fucking see the point of ICS. will somebody prove you know it's shit somebody changed my mind kind of you know typically typically it wasn't quite as rude as that obviously i'm not actually i'm actually not i'm not a monster anyway um but i think it was henry from penumbra who who finally was just like no 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 no. you need to think about layered security as the fundamental use case for this like yeah if it's just like one app chain the argument holds fair enough it it probably doesn't do a lot but the layered security is the, the game changer and that that is my understanding then of like, sort of where we're going with mesh, which is a really exciting idea, right? So is it but then, so the question would be, I think for a lot of people looking at this, so what is the difference then between mesh and and, and ICS or ICS v3, I suppose? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, so ICS v3 was this idea that like, hey, chains can have their own sovereign uh, validator set and their own staking token, but then their security can get augmented by, you know, another chain. Also, Uh, you know, we call that we've we've started calling this term cross staking on it. Mesh security is, and and so the ICS v3 design was saying like, hey, there'll be one chain that's like, you know, doing this augmented security for everyone else. Mesh security was basically just the idea that, hey, we can take this mechanism and do a couple of things one run it bi-directionally so you can say hey chain b is getting security from chain a but chain a can also be getting security from chain b that's how you so in it's like weird because in the icsb3 like w- version it's like only one chain is getting the sum of both of the market caps while the other chain the provider chain is not getting that. So that's kind of, and then the other thing is saying that, hey, you can actually be getting, you can be a consumer from multiple providers. You don't have to be a consumer of only one provider, one uh, security provider at the same time. And that's how you can get this like mesh going. So instead of just being a bilateral thing between two chains, you have, it's a multilateral thing between many chains.
0: Right. Okay. So then I guess the, the so the interesting thing uh about ibc is how it's quite a small protocol like it's quite easy to conceptually understand it's very it's very tightly defined and and essentially anything that can do the send receive acknowledgement cycle correctly formatted can talk ibc and kind of heterogeneous um protocols can use it right so it's actually a way to bridge from beyond the the cosmoverse if you like to other ecosystems that might want to bring assets into the cosmos. They can be a part of the IBC verse, even if they're not a part of the cosmos ecosystem. Right. So the, and this is maybe, this is maybe a characteristic me comment of jumping ahead, looking at a cool thing and being like, gosh, I wonder where that's going in five years. But my question is like, cause a lot of this is focused on the idea of shared security via DPoS. Is there a way of generalizing the concept of mesh security further, such that you can accommodate potentially other chains that aren't using DPoS as their mechanism, but still want to rent security, say? Because you, you, I guess you lose—you would potentially lose that bidirectional element if
2: the other chain works in some very fundamentally different way, right? Yeah. I so I, uh, I think the bidirectional thing is not core. Um, I think it, the potential bidirectional is core, but when you designed it, what it is, it's unidirectional, but both sides can do unidirectional. Basically, you have a channel that says chain A can provide a chain B, and you can turn that channel around, but you can just run one of them, right? You could say mm-hmm. that basically, you know, hey, Stargus will take security from osmosis, but Moses doesn't want Stargaz security, right? Like totally fine. You can run it in both ways. You can run it where you go one way and they take forty percent of the security from osmosis and osmosis takes 3% from stargaze or five, right? You can run it. So they um, do both the equal amounts. They take, no, there's lots of ways. So basically the fundamental unit is this one directional flow and maybe we break down that flow. And so I can imagine what this is basically saying is um, you lock your tokens on the provider chain, right? Now, Those mm-hmm. can also be used to stake on the provider chain as well, like a staking derivative contract. You can also like lock this thing, and it'll also stake locally, right? right. But if it's not, a, a, if that's ideally if it's DPS, but if it's not DPS. It doesn't matter. As long as you stake it, right? You could, um, I mean, I guess the most of them are, but you could, you could stake DOT. You could stake, uh, right? Your uh, IBC DOT is connected somehow, right? Let's say you could stake your DOT on it. You take your salon on it which is a totally different thing well, i guess i guess your, your point is
0: that as long as it's bridged across it's the same yeah. as a voucher token received over
2: ibc isn't it to, to some extent so as long as it's locked up on the provider yeah, it's chain. locked up on the provider chain right it's locked right. yeah it's like a voucher token. My, and what you send is a voucher it has multiple so this rather than sending it here lock them say it's going to one chain we lock it here saying <laughs> this is my collateral here and I will put my collateral here on A, B, and C on this validator here, this validator here, this validator here, right? right. And you send this vouchers basically of like, I am guaranteeing that if this validator on this chain misbehaves, I will be slashed, right? right? And the way you can safely do it, and that's basically all you're promising, the receiving changes. Okay, cool. You I trust you provider train so, to some level, right? I trust you this much percent. And you've told me you have $300 dollars. You know split among these validators if any of these validators misbehave that I said I'll tell you this and you'll slash your side right so you don't remove the money you just move the promises basically and that allows you to then promise multiple times this is not and people said some first response was hey this is kind of like these overcollateralized Ponzi's things I'm like it's not because basically it's like an insurance uh, think of the insurance thing that if you are insuring a thousand cars you're not supposed to stick a thousand cars value the hundred thousand cars in the bank is collateral to prove that you can cover them you probably have the money to cover 20 cars in the bank right and maybe you have more big pockets later you can pull stuff out but right away you can be able to cover 20 of them you don't need to lock up all of those because the chances that the thousand are all going to just go wrong at the same time and proof of stake only slashes like five or ten percent usually so like right. now if your money is here and some three different chains even if they all slash you you won't even lose all your money. Right? So. so-
0: I guess the other interesting thing here is like, you know, you could have, as long as there's a mechanism for lockup, which could as well be a smart contract rather than say a validator, you could have say like a, a proof of work chain, um, also in that mix, as long as it talks IBC. So from what you're saying, you can see mesh as just a pure addition to IBC because the provider chain. Only needs to conform just like it would to IBC. It has to conform to that protocol. It just has to conform to a mechanism implemented in their language, in their way of doing things that will ultimately essentially collateralize that thing in the way that it says it will. Right. And then you then, then, and then the party can continue. So that's, that's like, I think quite an exciting idea in terms of like, because the great strength of IBC is that if DPOS doesn't make it, if it's NGMI on the longer term. IBC maybe GMI anyway right and yeah. so that's the great strength of focusing on protocols rather than a specific technology and i that was the bit that was maybe less clear in my head about mesh security but from that description it sounds like it's still very much in the same spiritual school of cosmos design i guess where it's sort of protocol protocol first we've had a couple of questions in the chat so um if you don't mind i'll just i'm just going to bring those uh bring those up so Luis Cazada has said, how different is Mesh from what Celestia is trying to do? Is it not related at all?
3: Yeah. um, So Mesh Security is doing something pretty different than what Celestia is doing. So Celestia is trying to solve something called data availability, uh, which is a way of making uh, sure that the data of a blockchain is actually widely distributed and not in on beyond just the validator set themselves. Cause currently, you know, what you could happen, what could happen is if a validator set goes malicious, they could just like make blocks, but not share the data of the blocks with anyone else. And they only have to send the headers to other chains to get their IBC uh, working. There's, Reasons why data availability is important uh, for, you know, I think my hot take is I think people kind of a little bit overemphasize the importance of data availability, especially in the Cosmos architecture. Uh, But we can go and I can talk a little bit about that. Uh, Mesh security is mostly for solving, um, you know, increasing the economic security of slashable thing. So one thing with data availability is it's not very slashable. There's no ways of creating proofs of data availability today. So mesh security is focused on solving, uh, you know, making it, solving the, sa- primarily focused on the safety problems. You know, I think you can eventually do like liveness slashing and stuff over uh, mesh security as well. But I think the primary focus is solving the safety thing. So the first thing is just make like doing, stopping double signs, right? So, you know, that's something that we already know how to prove very easily today um, and create proofs for. But eventually we'll have more sorts of evidence that is slashable for. So uh, for example, um, uh, like once we have like validity proofs uh, or like you know, all Cosmos chains are creating like snarks that can be verified. You can use those as a slash. you know, if, if some if a validator makes a state transition that is invalid, you can have that be a slashable condition as well. So, uh, and so maybe one day if we have like data availability, like fraud proofs or whatever that looks like, may, that can also be you know used with mesh uh, security to increase the economic uh, weight that's backing these the uh, mesh security guarantees. Okay. So,
0: uh, so, and then following on from that, we've had we've had a question in the chat about um slashing which i'll uh kind of bring up so adam bomb says say say i have 10 atom cross state across n chains is there a limit of chains that i can cross state to like a, a maximum value for n um does my total slash potential have to stay below 10 atom
2: that's a very good question i think we have to differentiate mesh security from the mesh security IBC protocol and the Security implementation as is, and the ideal my Security implementation we have is MVP, right? So currently we have this like proof of concept, which you've improved a little bit, it does something. Um, and that one, it doesn't matter. You can have N, an, it doesn't care, right? It doesn't care at all. And the MS Security protocol also doesn't really care. It basically says, I trust you, provider chain, that you will honor this slash, if I slash, on the validator you will slash those tokens right so i'm not telling you how to guarantee you can do it i'm not telling you how to guarantee i just want you to guarantee me that you will do it right you give me a promise that you have $300 $300 million of their tokens locked up on your side, or about 300 million X tokens locked on your side. And you promise you will slash them at 10% if I give you a double sign proof, right? Like that's what your promise is. So the packet, rather than saying, I send you 10 token, I promise to release 10 tokens if you give me the voucher for IBC ICS-20, right? I send you this saying, saying I have 10 tokens locked up they will release to whoever's name. It's a promise of, I have this many tokens locked up. They're willing to do this unbonding period with this slashing condition right? That's basically what your promise is. That's a packet level. You're giving this promise that you can slash. Um, Then the implementation can do what we do now which we don't care, or we can say, no, we just do that. We have one lockup that says, okay, you want 5%, you want 10%, you want 20%. Okay. And the sum can't be over there. So if all the, all these places slash you that you will be able to cover them, right? We couldn't force that. And I think that's actually a good idea. Um, It's not required. Um, it's definitely not done yet. It might be for MVP. And someone else can implement differently. But I think it would be a good idea to add it, for sure. And it's totally like implementation dependent. You're just supposed to say that I guarantee implementation. If you're a provider and you're allowing people to over-collateralize 100 times, if that got their thing, right, then people might not want to accept your provider tokens anymore.
0: Right. So, but then there's also a, a question, which I think maybe came up in Sunny's talk, I can't remember, um, at, at Cosmoverse, which is, uh, or maybe it was actually in the notes for the original, um, MVP that you guys did the, the hack, which is like, there's kind of this outstanding question about token value normalization, which is strikes me as like, you've, you've kind of, uh, it's like a hard problem. That's like a, oh, suddenly we also kind of need to understand how we're agreeing at a, ro- a definition of value at the point of lockup. Right. Um, and then, and then we're, and, and, you know, then, and then we're sort of into like the murky world of like, well, what is this, what is this thing worth? And and what, what is the ratio that then can be applied to these different weights and things? So then that, that then has this interest. So it's interesting as well to hear Sunny talking a minute ago about, um, you know, zero knowledge proofs and stuff like that, because there's, there's a question, um, which is there, you know, how, how do you bring and i guess maybe this is also tangentially related to some of the celestia stuff is like how do you bring stuff that you know is outside of consensus into consensus by the way of a a proof that's sort of binding or verifiable in some way right and is that is that a general is that concept always an oracle or is that concept a, a zero knowledge proof or something and in addition like if you're talking about mesh security occurring on every chain are is every chain going to have to go okay well we're going to call an agreed oracle chain to find out that information right. or is every chain going to be sort of running its own oracle in the future because again like some of these questions i think have quite a big bearing on the app chain thesis like mm-hmm. are we going to be able to literally you know trivially even to just do something with mesh like staking we're just going to assume hey also in the background you are going to call the oracle chain okay if band wasn't fucked you call band and find that out and then your stake will happen and we normalize the value of the token and we move on and sunshine and roses because it seems like it i mean obviously like ibc took like four years to stabilize and we're very early on this but it's kind of interesting how quickly we start to find general hard problems under the hood like
2: like that one you know i think i'll send you details on it but i'm gonna say one thing the same way i said the protocol doesn't care about this the protocol ibc protocol doesn't care about this it allows innovation on both sides we talked about the staking side which says okay how many times can you collateralize your loan? I mean, over like what level I stock up and lock, lock on three different chains, how to handle that. That's a promise on the collateral side. It's supposed to do it. You can implement in different ways. They can experiment. The, 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 that's a provider chain, right? The consumer chain basically says, I have 1 million Juno and 500,000 Osmo and 40 million stars on three different things supporting me. Its job is to normalize them into its native token and to figure out, actually limit them and say, hey, cool. I don't care if you put... All the Osmo there, I'm only letting Osmo have up to 40%, 20% of my voting power, for example, right? So its job- So it's, it's the it's job of the consumer
0: to, chain. The to, consumer to, can put any them. way
2: it wants to, which is basically normalizing remote tokens to its token, and mm-hmm. then also providing like limits on percentages uh, for that. So maybe I'll suddenly give more on the theory behind it. But I'm saying this is totally implementation dependent on the, con- on the consumer chain and they can choose to do it and they can innovate that way. without The protocol being the same thing, different people can have different ideas. Oh, this is working. This We should add this check here. We should add this check here. And it's totally compatible with the protocols without requiring the whole state of all the meshed update. So they can each update independently and experiment with new things while saying we just give these promises, right? That we honor your tokens and that we honor your slashing.
3: Yeah, um so this question about like how should chains get the oracle like or the pr- relative value of different tokens? Um so the view, my view here is that we don't need a fast oracle for this. What we need is a slow oracle for this. And slow enough even maybe to the fact that like governance itself can act like this oracle. So, you know, uh on Osmosis we do like uh Incentive changes via governance on a weekly cadence and I imagine like just re-updating these some of these parameters could could come through that Um, The and the reason you don't need a fast oracle is because like Ethan just mentioned like All of the value the the relative staking value of these tokens should all have a pretty high discount applied to them and you have like limits on How much they get so as an example, we actually do this with soup so One thing that's worth noting is superfluid staking on Osmosis is actually very similar in a lot of ways to this mesh security design, uh, where, you know, what is mesh security? It's governance making decisions on which tokens, which other chain's tokens to accept as part of your proof of stake system. Superfluid staking was basically Osmosis governance making decisions of which LP shares of other people's tokens to accept in our proof of stake system. And what, what happens is what we do is we apply a 50% discount to, so we're using our osmosis on chain pool prices, but we're providing a 50, we're doing a 50% discount to the uh, value of those tokens. And that, that allows us that we only update the relative values of these tokens once a day. So even if there is like some fluctuation in those, in the values, the hope is that there's not going to be more than a hundred percent or 50% on the upside, 50% on the downside, change in the relative value of any one of the tokens, like at a faster cadence than like w- one day. Or if there is, you know, we should be having like some sort of circuit breaker for those situations anyways, right? So um, yeah, that, that, that's a general idea. It's like, because we provide enough of a discount factor to the, to the staking value, it allows us to use a slower Oracle because it doesn't always need to, we don't need to know the exact exchange rate between any of these two tokens. It's more of like a, you know, rough, as long as it's within, you know, some rough, some rough. Uh, okay.
0: So explain like I'm five moment, why,
3: why is the discount needed? Um, the discount is n- needed for a couple of reasons. One, you don't, well, we, we want these limits to make sure that another chain doesn't like, just have complete control over your chain so you you know you, you want to cap let's say you're doing mesh security with like 10 other chains right you don't want any one of them their economic weight you know let's say one of them is like much bigger than any of the others or they're you know one chain just happens to be doing a lot more cross-staking than the others you don't want them to suddenly get like a third of your uh chains voting power. So you cap, you can say like, Hey, we're capping any other individual chain at a maximum of like 10% of our chains voting power. So that way, you know, even if one of these tokens goes through a Luna like situation where the, that the value of those staking tokens becomes like, you know, effectively got the chain could have been taken over then, you know, it doesn't have this like takeover power on your chain.
0: Sure. So yeah, I understand that in terms of like the the cap of, of I guess like value or, or voting power, but where where does like the need for a discount come in insofar as it affects the cadence of needing to attain prices? Say,
3: yeah. So so the discount comes from you know how much you're willing, depending on how fast you want your oracle to update. Uh, that that's kind of why in like the osmosis case we put a fifty percent discount because we're like okay we're we're making this bet that like it's not going to The price is not going to go up fifty or right. So
0: that's so the fifty percent is more a hedge against potential volatility than it is like a hard and important. Like if you had a super fast oracle available at like a millisecond cadence, well, not millisecond cadence wouldn't matter because blocks are still six seconds, but five seconds, whatever. Like you could you could in theory, if you had an oracle at the cadence of your blocks, then not have um, a discount and just purely have we want to cap voting power at this and actually we can trust that the price, like we're not going to lose 50% of the value in between one block and the next. It's just fucking impossible,
3: right? Well, actually, what, you want to, what you're want what actually kind of making a bet on is really it's not going to change that much within the course of an unbonding period. Because what you don't want... So in the superfluid staking example, let's say you have one token that's like worth, you know, or let's say a Luna situation where it's worth a lot of money um, and then it's like has a high value in this, in our, in your staking protocol, and then a week later that those LP shares are worth basically nothing, but at a block less than three weeks ago or two weeks ago, and also like less than a bonding period ago, it's actually worth a lot more than it was. Well now it's like, Hey, you could, you, you could do some double signs at this older block and you're going to get slashed at the current block, but that's fine because those LP shares are worth basically nothing in the current block. So you, that discount factor is also, it's not just based off the Oracle update, it's also based off of like assumptions on the volatility during an unbonding period.
0: Right, okay, that makes sense. Uh, so re- i guess kind of related question on on governance. Uh, Tidy Grades has asked, um, does mesh security affect yeah. in any way the governance in each chain or does it remain the same based on token weight held natively? I think the answer to that question. is you can decide, right? That's the, the notion. But I'd I love guess- to hear their
2: opinions, both because Osmosis and Juno are probably two of the chains that will be implementing this. I'd love to hear their opinions. Um, there is currently no way for delegates to override their vote, let's put it this way, in the protocol. We could add this. It's an interesting idea. Very, very good question. Uh, thank you, Target NFT. That's a great question. Um, so currently you just delegate to validators remotely, right? Um, and the current implementation says if you have remote stake on validator X or local stake on validator X, it doesn't matter, right? Like if that much stake is on them at the end, normalized with all the discounts, et cetera, et cetera, um, those count the same and they will be, they, that validator get more voting power for Tendermint and more voting power for governance, right? Same thing. But the remote delegator cannot override the vote on the validator. That's a current implementation. Um, I don't know if we should make it so the remote delegators can override it, where the current position is good, or whether you should limit it so we separate out the remote vote actually doesn't increase the tenement power of those validators, but has no impact on the governance power. Those are all actually three interesting ideas. I'd love to hear the opinions of both other two chains on which one makes sense for them. But yes, anyone could pick it out, except adding remote governance from delegator, I think it would actually require pr- protocol changes.
1: Can I, uh, can I chime in with a question here? Um... The fray? Are we midway through another another thing? Is it time? Is it question time yet? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Look, I've missed a couple of things here because my connection has been horrible. It keeps bloody dropping out, pretty much exclusively when Sonny starts talking. <laughs> He's um, even in your country. <laughs> um, oh, are you here? I'm in Sydney right now, by the way, Sonny. Where the hell are you? Oh, nice. I'm in uh, Melbourne. Uh, I don't know if he's talking. It's like literally just frozen. As soon as I said that, but um, anyway, so Melbourne, no.
0: Melbourne. Um, Melbourne,
1: Melbourne, Melbourne. Um, yeah, Melbourne. I'm in. Um, I'm in Sydney. So I just I drove down here yesterday. That's why I'm in a dodgy ass hotel. Nice. It's really
3: tough. <laughs> I'm at a uh, like- Logecoin hackathon in Melbourne, which is why I'm wearing this uh, uh, hoodie. <laughs> Oh, yeah? That's pretty awesome,
1: man. Just whip up here. Like, I'm going to be here till uh, Saturday. So,
3: cool.
1: you know, I'm free all Saturday. Nice. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was just thinking while you guys are talking and the, the the information I need to actually decipher my problems already been probably talked about, but um, is there any potential for, like, ultra whales on a chain from um, the cross-staking? So... I don't know whether we've already talked about whether this is like a liquid staking thing where you can stake your already staked stuff, say Juno, then to Osmo. But say you get someone like any any validate uh, any big validator like um, you know Cosmo Station, right? Who obviously have just shitloads of tokens all over the place, um, and they you know want to do a proposal, say on um adam and they really really wanted to pass and they take all of the supported chains tokens um and still maintaining the price risk on all those external chains but then just cross stake it all to their validator on um you know another chain is that is that going to be a risk of like ending up with ultra whales for governance votes
4: Well, there's a lot of open questions about the whole governance thing. Um, like, do we even want to do we even want to allow it, or do we want to separate it? Like Ethan was talking about, for example, like you increase your tendermint power, but you don't in- increase governance power, which would like prevent such things. I think that to me, that sounds sensible. I like the idea of like the chains remain like sovereign, um, and it's ultimately in control of the people that actually hold the token. Like you hold Juno or you hold Osmo, and that's the the token of those chains. Um and you know, if you're cross-staking your Juno on Osmo, I'm I'm not sure that should, you know, get you a vote on Osmo. Um that that'd be like my kind of take or preference. Um though there is a lot of room to explore like mesh kind of governance systems as well. It's another whole class of mesh protocols that could be like very interesting. We're still in the very early days, but I guess to answer your question, I am personally kind of like, I don't think we should like, you know, like allow for like cross, like we could build governance into mesh security protocol. And that's actually something that some people might choose to do. Um, But I'm I'm not sure it's a good idea.
1: So basically to this point that those, Kinds of things haven't really been um, firmed out yet, and you probably need, uh, you know, I guess that probably need to be experimented with in in the um, in the test nets before they went to a main net. Did you want to say something? Ethan? Yeah, was I think that hand first, going we definitely
2: out? need to test this stuff out. So we're working on a, a prototype, work like a functional MVP that can be done test nets and maybe some low value chains could try it out, but definitely with these attack vectors. So you know, putting it on. As most as a consumer or or Adam as a consumer soon is definitely not, uh, you know, let's start with the small ones, and consumers, um, the provider side is more clear, right? I'm making notes here. Good questions, guys. I'm taking notes and we'll probably discuss them and come up with some stuff and make issues on the repo. Um, but what I'm saying is this is actually when Jake said, told me this thing, and this is, he got from Sunny, the mind blown is it's not about validators cross-staking It's not ICS where validators cross take. is delegators cross-staking. Right doesn't matter. So Cosmos Station can't use tokens from other chain or anything else. doesn't matter. It's the delegator. If I delegate on, on the hub to Cosmos Station and I delegate to sick on Osmosis, I can do that. And they have no weight for my votes. It's just me as a delegator locking my tokens and able to delegate those tokens on multiple chains. It's really the D in DTPs, right? So the validator is just recipient of that. So a validator can benefit from the cross-stake atoms, So if they're a bunch of atom cross-stake on osmosis that happens to choose compensation osmosis, that will benefit them, right? But they as a validator don't have a way of throwing extra weights as doing it just unless they attract more votes.
1: So I guess what I meant was that, um, you know, they, some of these really big validators just have a lot of other tokens in their own wallets on, on other chains, um, I guess was more the point um, that they could maintain. So can you... With the cross staking, can you like be delegated on Juno and then delegate the same tokens again on another chain is one big question. You can. So they could have all of their tokens staked across, you know, all of the chains they, they are on. They could use the same tokens to stake three times across all of those chains, and then they would ha- increase their vote power by quite a bit across all of those different networks. The self-stake. The
2: self-stake is, is valuable. Yes, it's self-tokens, they can as delegated in that sense. So another question I had, um, which is a little bit unrelated to that one,
1: um, but probably like something Jake might be able to answer, maybe even the fray. So on Juno, uh, and this this sort of follows on from my understanding of um, the mesh staking protocol, which is, you know, not giga level. So feel free to just like correct me a lot here. Um, With Juno, there's the Mint module is quite different to other networks in that um it actually switches over to the next phase of um inflation based on the amount of minted tokens so if and i'm taking a guess here because i don't think i've actually received this information yet but if cross-staking actually mints tokens um on the uh, consumer chain mm-hmm. wait the host chain whichever side it is um, Will that then throw like the total uh, amount of minted tokens out of whack and potentially make the, uh, the inflation schedule change no, prematurely? The answer
4: is no, because we wouldn't let that happen, first of all. <laughs> um, second of all, uh, you know, right now, uh, the current like implementation does not involve minting tokens. Um, now, I believe that a future okay, yeah, implementation, to- wait, 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 wait. I believe a future implementation will, um, but the current I- implementation has to be funded by the community pool. So the community pool has to vote to, you know, fund, you know, rewards effectively for all the cross stakers So no new to- tokens minted right now. But I think ideally we actually do something that's like super fluid stake- staking, where we um, and Sunny can talk more about this. Um, but that's not ready yet. And when it would be ready, we would make sure that it works with like the Juno minting module because. Yeah. Is so.
0: So I think, so, hold, I think I might have been where. I got so
1: my wire cross because I remember that um, in the hack Wasm um, presentation, I think you actually talked about that type of implementation based on the superfluid staking um, situation on Osmo. So maybe that's where I got that from.
0: So quick, quick, quick! Just follow up from that. The uh, the community pool. Is that being used because government governance has to approve the incentives, or could it be any valid address with funds that is specified as the correct wallet address by governance? So, like in theory, could you have like a DAO multi-sig where you just say, "Oh, we'll make a sub DAO yes. to manage this, and we'll give it funds as long as it's an address that's yes. agreed on by governance." You're sorted, yes. right? Okay, so. So actually, that means that almost any chain that has Beck 32s can work with this, right? Like, well, or any wallets, really. I guess that's the point. Uh, isn't it? it doesn't have. To, it doesn't have to have the conceptual structure. Requires
4: Cosmosm. <laughs> That's, that's the main requirement. Okay. Right now. Yeah. So the, yeah, uh, I think, I I think once, uh, you know, once we get a little farther with the prototype, I think in like Q1, it'd be like really great when like the osmosis team has more bandwidth to like have like a generalized superfluid module, like on the, on the like native SDK side that can like kind of allow for like a better user experience around it. So, um, we're actually getting really close with our prototype. There's, we have like, basic rewards, they, they work. We have to refactor them a little bit, but it's like, it's mostly there. Um, and then uh, going to basically the slasher is the last thing. Um, and then we have a working prototype we can play around with. Um, but, you know, I think the the UX won't be as great as it could be if we had like a native SDK module. So to me, like a really, like what if you already have staked Juno or you already have staked Osmo? Yeah. Well, for this prototype, you're going to have to unstake them or you're going to have to have basically liquid tokens in order to use it. That's obviously not ideal, and so um, you know, this is where I think some like development on the SDK side can make like you know cross-staking like a really great, or make mesh security and participating in mesh security a really great user experience. Um, We are going to have a UI for it though, which is also pretty sick. Um, We have a we have a team working on that. Design DAO shout out to Design DAO. Um, It's going to be sick.
0: So. And again, like sort of picking up on this, uh, we've had we've had a couple of questions in the in the chat about cross slashing. I think Ethan covered that, We're sort of saying, well, it's actually up to consumer chains to kind of decide how they implement that against the the, the, the protocol, and it's obviously up to consumer chains to decide how they want to connect to other chains. Uh, you know, sort of do their own research, if you like, before agreeing to the other end of the handshake. Um, but does this have like a, an additional implication in terms of? Um, so this is kind of a meta layer right above just running on an app chain at the moment the only real contingent is that you have to be running Cosmosm for the current implementation but what it is doing I mean there is obviously an idea that it will work in the same way as superfood staking which does require you to have locked assets on the chain obviously the 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 protocol itself is uh, I think as we've discussed broad enough that as long as the assets do get locked it doesn't have to be staking but there is a question here about like you're moving the abstraction for the user away from chain level to a meta chain level is that going to ultimately uh cause problems of say infrastructure provision for smaller chains if people's focus moves from sort of uh, you know chain level focus to trying to work at a higher level of abstraction because you know the the logical conclusion from this will be people will look at it and go, "Ah, oh, you know, it's actually quite inconvenient that I even have to state my tokens in the first place. So what if I come up with a derivative way of meaning that I don't have to do that at all and I can just operate only at mesh level? Like it won't be too long before some brain box works out a way of doing that. And then that might have, uh, I guess it's still, the thing is there's still got to be locked somewhere. There's still has to be a mechanism for locking even if it's at a meta level, right? And it's not possible unless one of the chains at least has some bonded value but is there is there a potential vector for i guess essentially creating more economic security at the cost of taking away the app chain benefits from smaller chains that are a part of like let's say a cluster of chains because if you're like let's say you're a new your chain and you're in the kind of cluster of chains around osmo juno right stargaze if you were just like the fourth chain in that little cluster is there a danger to your Val set there? I mean, obviously you you can limit the VP so your your governance is secure, but you're kind of going to be like stifled by the people around you, if you see what I mean? Like from an app chain perspective, it might be counterproductive.
3: Yeah. So I think, I'm not sure if I fully understand the question, but it seems to be like a question of like, hey, like early stakers and validators tend to be like, the bedrock on top of which a lot of these chains, as communities, get built, and so it's like, will mesh security like harm that community, like the usage of proof of stake as this like community building thing? Because a lot of your stakers might not be actually your token holders, but actually just be coming from other right. They're moving to right. a higher
0: level of abstraction than just yeah. I am a holder on chain X, chain Y, chain Z. They're yeah. exactly. Like, I just hold some Cosmos tokens. I stake them on some chain didn't matter i cross stake them yeah it doesn't really matter which one because all these ch- all these chains are talking
3: bi-directionally let's imagine that they are in this future world so i mean that's kind of the whole point of like capping the voting powers and also like capping the rewards that different like the idea is that like you should be augmenting uh security but like y- if you're more bullish, bullish on osmosis than anything else, the incentive should still be to stake pure, like pure stake Osmo rather than cross staking something else. Right. Cause you know, I think that's how you get governance power. I think, you know, things like MEV revenue might only go to like mm-hmm. direct stakers or something like that. Uh, and so there are like, th- there are like reasons why, uh, you, you don't, You would still be incentivized, like if there's a new app chain that comes along that you're like really excited about the potential for that app chain specifically, there are still reasons why it makes sense to, you know, acquire that chain's token and stake it directly rather than just cross-staking. The cross-staking is sort of just a nice to have benefit that you get but part of the goal of crossing as well is that you're starting to earn the token of this of this new chain as well and so you know there's this idea that like you know i think maybe airdrops are going to start to move into that direction as well where instead of like just airdropping to you know let's say juno holders you can offer cross-staking to juno stakers and that's a way for juno stakers to like earn your new app chains tokens and you know so yeah i think there's like. uh I think I think will I think there will be new ways of community building that takes advantage of mesh security.
0: Okay, makes sense. Are you talking
3: about yeah? Talking, I mean, also know?
4: like oh yeah. I mean, I was just gonna actually agree with most of that. Um, I don't think it'll be like much of a problem. If anything, it'll just force app chains to actually build good products that people <laughs> care about. It's not enough anymore to just like launch a Cosmos chain be like, oh, here's this airdrop and stake it, you know? I think uh, the meta is always changing and I think that's a good thing. Like build great products and people will care about it, awesome.
2: Yeah. I think the last point that, uh, that Sunny wrote and do, go again on that one. So instead of airdropping, you basically offer them cross have like a crazy reward the first six months, right? So you give to the people that actually built the product, right? The, the, the actual core devs, the people that were pre-genesis involved, they get a bunch, right? And they can stake their own stuff. And anyone wants to jump in um, will come in, right? And get, because they cross-ticked the Osmo, the Juno, the whoever, to help this thing actually be secure the first six months of his life, he didn't even believe in it, right? And if you believe it, you're like, oh, I wasn't actually involved in this random, uh, you know, bling chain. And but like, it sounds cool. They launched this thing, but I have a bunch of Osmo. I'm going to cross my Osmo to help them support it. And I get a whole bunch of bling now. Now I'm exposed to bling, right? And I only do have actually so bling, rather, bling.
0: So rather than doing like an airdrop, if you were going to do an airdrop, you could say have a vest cliff right. that starts, say, six months in the future, but launch with cross-staking enabled. And so your initial liquidity, your initial kind of interest is going to come from the the chains you're in that cluster with, that you have that communication channel open
2: with. Which ones you authorize. You say, okay, I offer yeah. 30% mm-hmm. to Juno and 40% to Osmo and 20% to sure. Stargaze. And, and, and we they, authorize they, that. And they can then you offer can that. You up to that much. You guys come in, you bring it. And so one, you provide security from day one. You're providing something, right? It doesn't cost anything really, except your risk, slashing risk. But you use your tokens to provide security and you bring attention to it, right? If you care about us, now you're exposing yourself. Hey, there's an option to to secure this other chain, and get f- more or less free extra tokens because you already you know you already locked your tokens for Osmo anyway because you believe in Osmo. It's like, well, I'm locked for Osmo, but like, well, i locked, like, well, locked for this bling thing too. And if you think it's a stupid coin, you won't you know, do it. So it kind of attracts those people and gives them initial tokens. So I think it's a great way of um, it's like a better than airdrop for me. I guess more I'd call
4: tension. it a mesh drop, maybe something like a mesh that. drop.
2: I think a mic drop, maybe, guy.
0: Give him time. It's, all- it's coming at the end.
2: Yeah, that's why he's got that bike, just
0: in case. <laughs> um, we don't know what's in that mug. It Could be whiskey. Um, Ethan asked. Uh, Ethan asked one of us to to share the mesh security diagram. I'm going to have to do it as an overlay, so it's going to look a bit weird. Apologies for those of you who
2: are watching on on YouTube,
0: but uh, here we go. You can change the screen, damn it. Oh,
5: there we go.
2: Yeah, cool. So this is I made this uh, a few days ago talking to Jake and put this out there. So you can find this on the uh, github.com slash wasm slash mesh dash security repo. Check it out. Um, the link's in the, it
0: uh, in the video description um, and it's also in the chat.
5: Yep.
2: Everywhere. It's everywhere. So check it's it everywhere. out. This is basically an image of everything we're talking about. The top is um, this image you can look into, it might help make sense. Everything we were saying in the beginning, this is the current implementation and what else are we thinking of? It's not the final one There's all these details about how the governance works, great questions, but basically the top is you lock up Osmo on that. Second, and to top one, which mm-hmm. then does native locking and then it lock, sends to multiple cross-section multiple chains. They send over IBC the consumer, then funnels from multiple chains, funnels from multiple chains into one meta staking thing, which is where we want to have, you know, super fluid staking type module control there so it can do all the normalization it can figure out what tokens worth what discounts set apply and do that kind of super fluid thing to then give those you can say okay there's only tenderment validator power not governance validator power, whatever else and that's the one that kind of funnels it in so those the protocol between the green and green is more or less fixed like the IBC protocol and their functionality is more or less standardized but how the lockup works in ties native staking and how the meta-staking one ties the bottom, that's huge experimentation there. All these questions about who has governance power, where does it go, is there limitations to how much you can do, how to discount, how to handle oracles. Those are basically those two purple boxes, which I think are really, really good places to experiment. Ethan,
5: something is fundamental from a question perspective, but is, is each delegator responsible for making decisions on, on where they are doing that cross-stake? Or is that everyone who's delegated to that
2: validator is automatically a part of those chains where they get pulled in? It's delegator centric. Uh, maybe Sonny can say a little more because yeah. I think it's his brilliant idea. It's not validating. that he's so I stake my tokens, I say I'm an Osmo. I put my Osmo on on on, Sika, sure. on Osmosis and I'm gonna throw it over there on um I don't know, made blocks on because I yeah. like them. And I'll throw it on um on who else on Stargate? Use your button, but notional what the hell? on Stargate. Yeah. And um and I I cross-take on these ones and I make that decision. I couldn't do them all the same. But this delegator centric is reusing the delegation. So basically it's a, think of it as a collateral pool. You pull your collateral and then sure. you can put out a multiple. Uh, I'm basically ensuring I'm using my same collateral to ensure multiple p- parties. It's not, it, it's very, very different than ICS, which is I pick one validator. The validator right. wants the money. Right, right. Right. And then I pick a validator based on what they're doing. The money. No, it's a very delegator centric one, where it's basically you opt in um, to that.
5: And there can be, can there a be a mix of, of, um, validators who are not part of that IBC structure that are running natively on chain, or that's purely so. There's because I know that what's in the ice in the interchain security kind of roadmap as well, right? Um, but can there be a, a mix of that where you might have native validators that are only running, you know, that are only carrying tokens locally as well as IBC? So, and I think you guys are adding yes. So the extension of that is that that validator set on the consumer chain. Has a VP percentage? That VP percentage is a, of a portion of native tokens as well as IBC'd right mesh security tokens, and that is the total VP percentage of that validator set, right? And so those add up one to one based on the value and the oracle structure that we were talking about before. There's some challenges there to try to understand what the what that relationship is, right? That might change per day, and so that validator percentage actually can change very it can change it significantly, not only based on the number of tokens that are staked, but also by the value of the stake tokens that sit behind that, right? That are sitting across that dotted line that you had in there. Is that is that an accurate summation of
4: some of that piece? Yeah, and we we did talk a little bit earlier about like oracles and fast versus yeah. slow oracles. We talked about voting power caps. So like, right. you know, kind right. of like mitig- mitigate worst case scenarios, especially with like extremely large chains. Um, sure. you know, and I think we've had like great discussion about like, you know, what we'd like to see in terms of like governance, like, you know, the actual, like voting on proposals, not just like tendermint, like voting power. Um, uh, and, and everything else so, works the same way. Like blocks get produced based on voting percentage,
5: et cetera, et cetera. I know the governance piece aside, I can understand the kind of cross-chain yeah, it's actually a, challenges. In, that.
4: in many ways, I think it's a lot simpler than ICS in some, in some ways, because there's like, you know, no requirement to like run a validator on the other chain or whatever. Again, it's like all right. based around delegators, which kind of I think makes it a lot more elegant. And, um, you know, I think we'll m- maybe even see like various different like flavors of mesh. Like for example, like you could imagine a stargazed flavor of mesh security where you can like cross-stake your NFTs or whatever. Um, right. Not for a while, but someday. I feel
1: like, I feel like in comparison of ICS and mesh, That, um, you know, ICS seems to be a protocol where the, um, you know, the guest chain has to buy security from the host chain and and Mesh seems more like uh, a protocol where delegators can get paid to provide security to the host chain. Yeah,
2: The consumer chain offers rewards to anyone in these various host chains that wants to delegate to them. Right. right? Yeah. And it's, you don't have to... No, know, the, the, high the, high mission, the poster chain just have to white you. You say, hey, look, we're offering money here if you want to. And, and anything that wants to opt in, opts into it. Right? Yep. You don't have to go through governance votes and do some stuff and don't even care about the validators. And they would say, Hey, the validators on, on this chain, a, none of them, almost none of them are running on this other chain. B it doesn't matter because you can cross stake in some other validator. So like you right. don't have to coordinate the whole validator set. There's all this politics, which is kind of like the thing you want to interchange security to get away from like having to go through the politics. Like I just want security without thinking about it, I'll pay for it. And so I think this is a much nicer, like, Hey, you just tweet out this money, this thing out. There's, we have rewards for people that cross stake. And if you get attention, Attention! You don't have to go through the validator set. It's basically it's crowdsourcing, and if a few people uh, opt in, they probably get much higher rewards. And if a lot of people opt in one chain, then they squish out, they hit their cap, right? So they just kind of produce right. everyone's. So um, I think yeah. that validators I think that validator centric
5: versus delegator centric needs to come out stronger. I think that I mean, that's really the that's really the core of it, right? Um,
0: that's
5: that's yeah, a point. yeah, it's a very yeah.
0: powerful narrative. It yeah. is.
5: And my my whole bitching on ICS on this show for the last since it's been announced is that <laughs> idea around a voting power structure that exists today, which I think is not realistic and and not necessarily great gets extended to a bunch of chains that have to inherit that. And they have to inherit that from a governance perspective. They have to inherit it from a VP perspective. And I think that's a bunch of bullshit, honestly. So but it's also, uh, it's also imposing a hub and smoke spokes
0: model on an ecosystem that has thrived by not having any kind of a hub and spoke yeah. model, but just by having IBC communicating between connected zones. So it's sort of like a,
4: it's a retrograde step in
0: protocol design. Yeah. Which is,
4: it, yeah, it seems I, like very anti-cosmos it, when I heard about mesh security. It, it, I was like, This is polka 2.0. Like, it's, yeah, it's bl- just like my opinion, man. In the words,
0: right. of the well, so, right. I mean, some so I'll ask the host it,
2: now. It, I'm yes. asking a question to the host now. What do you guys vote on Adam
5: 2.0? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't, I don't, I don't, don't actually,
5: have, yeah, we don't validate an Adam. I don't, I don't hold a lot, so it doesn't I matter. I don't hold any, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hold any very little, actually. Yeah. No.
1: Oh, okay here's a question for the hosts all right put your hand up if you hold Adam.
5: like over 10 <laughs> <laughs> over 100 okay yeah put, every, put, every your hundred, hand, hundred. put your hand up yeah. Over a thousand. Adam. I, I do not hold over a thousand adam i don't think i hold over a thousand awesome now no. i am a post i'm no. a post cosmos cosmos individual my 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 life started with osmosis so everything beyond that is we're, where i started that's my that's my hub
1: we're all i think ultimately we're alt maxis <laughs>
0: Is that one of this? That's a very polite so, yeah. way of saying total degens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're incredible it's, total degens. It's, it's a well-known that's fact. A the
0: validators are the biggest degens in the ecosystem. I, hey, it's I get tr- We clothe it in this veneer of technical respectability to cover up the fact that it is just degeneracy
5: all the way down. No, that's not true. We, I get I get involved in chains that I I think have fundamental core value.
0: You still on? Are you still on Kerberos? Spicy. <laughs> you in uh,
5: I have no idea. I think so. You see, all right. So, so <laughs> core value Kerberos. Very. All right all right, value. all right. all right. Wow. All right, all right. Okay.
0: King nodes. King nodes are so degenerate.
1: Our accountant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's well, true. I mean, we we had our fucking bank try to shut us down, and AWS tried to shut us down in the last week, two weeks. So that was, uh, that was fun. Bitch, oh, aws, AWS not for any reason they just like they, they just screwed up our billing and they're just like the second you don't pay us the second you don't give jeff a taste you're, you're out. done you're done we, we're just like Shut oh sorry down. we were trying to just switch to invoicing like that was the thing we were trying to do and they're like we don't care you didn't pay and you're like uh, literally please can you just can you just like resolve this we're trying to pay you <laughs> and they're like, you haven't paid Jeff your protection money. We're gonna fucking crush you like a bug. And you're like, mm, maybe this is why people run bare metal after all.
5: The other thing, I, the other thing, coming back to the topic at hand, the other thing I really love about this idea and the idea about mesh security and being delegator focused is that it, it really evens out the ability for a validator to communicate to market to be able to kind of punch above their weight when it comes to attracting delegators to maybe a new chain or something similar that they might be validating for Um that, even though Cosmo station or somebody else might have a thousand times as many tokens, they don't give a shit. And, and there's a lot of chains that they don't give a shit about. Right. So it's because it becomes a distraction or something similar to that. And so I, I think that's awesome to be able to make it um, where they're not just inheriting VP because where they sit in a validator in a validator set on another chain. Right. So I think that's really cool.
0: We had a question in while we were just talking there um, from Ben Davis, who often asks sensible questions in the chat, uh, saying, "What did you guys make of Informal's analysis? What's that in reference to? Have I missed? Have I missed some?" Uh, they,
4: they, yeah, they did some analysis with like a lot of really big math equations in it. And it's kind of funny because like mesh security is like not even like like we're still working on it. So it's like, what what did they like actually analyze? Um, They also released a whole UI tool. They went to the effort of building a whole UI tool to just you know, as a comparison. I think you know I'm I I'd be like really down to work with like you know informal as we like move cl- closer to like a final version of mesh security I think that'd be really great um you know this early analysis I think is really is really early um it's a little bit too early we have to like you know finish it um but I will say I, I do think they like kind of counted like the economic security wrong um they looked at the voting power cap and then they like so if 300 million is staked, staked on the Cosmos Hub, but there's a 10% like voting power cap. They took only like 10% of that. So it was like 30 million of economic value. Um, and I think that's just looking at it the wrong way. What's actually, there's a 300 million staked there, or there, there's 300 million cross staked, and there's 300 million worth of security. It's only that the atom stakers are getting the rewards for 30 million because of the, the cap, if that makes sense. Right, but Maybe you also get just nerds
0: by them, basically, didn't you? Because I think well, potentially I think they're potentially arguing now. Now I've understood that argument, or, or like understood the kind of crux of where they're coming from on it. They're not arguing in good faith, are they? Because
3: uh, I don't know because they have. I don't think it's something they're not they're Definitely right. I think
2: it's a bit of FUD because they, they immediately, like, it's funny if you say, security." oh, that's a funny idea, never happened. Uh, you know, Jake and I stay up all night for <laughs> too long. When you say, hey, there's something here, like, oh, fuck, we have to prove it's not good enough. So uh, there's definitely this FUD, like, you've been working out for a year and a half and prove the is better than theirs, right? And even though it's like, it was a prototype, it's. You know, yeah. Well, definitely, it's like, follow the money up. thing, isn't it, right? Like so, there's a, there's a very I'm not, I'm not say, I think it's yeah. almost like, I'm not, I'm not calling informal, like for all the money I'm calling formal, like they invested a lot of their time and energy into thinking about informal, yeah, sure, like, like, but the analysis, I'll say one point of the analysis is besides that other thing is their analysis is largely about one large chain protecting other chains. Right. Right. And their analysis right. is not about. Four chains of similar weights cross-secure each other, right? which is really the which is really what Mesh security is about, right? They're still thinking about, hey, if the hub is providing mesh security, there's a hub providing direct security. Look, you have more security if you're 100% for the hub than if you're only a little percent, which is true. It's true. If you right. want to have the hub security and the hub is 10 times bigger than any other chain, let's say, right? Yeah. The only way to get that level is if you're 100% control over the hub. And if you want to have, like, if you have, but then if the hub is not 10 times bigger, and it's just, you know, two times bigger, you have a bunch of chains in a factor of two or three or four from each other, cross-staking. Mesh security is much, much more powerful. And that's really the world we're looking at and say, hey, at the point ignore the hub and you can live just in this non-hub world of four or five chains. You have secret, you have osmosis, you have Juno, you have injective maybe. I think they're all similar market caps are already in awesome right? And that together then that mesh security would say, okay, this is actually a very uh, different analysis. Which is different than the where they're coming from, so but i mean I give the same thing if you the highest security you can get in the uh in the um in cosmos right now is a hundred percent secured from the cosmos hub currently right. yeah right yeah but, but and, they, and they and they i think
0: probably. there's yeah. that thing of like informal uh you know, i like them i like their work i b c rust big fan you know. Mm-hmm. but it's like they it's I, I think they're just very very blinkered by the focus on the hub because their economic incentives are so so heavily aligned with the fact that the hub has to be a hub and it's like it's now at the point where people who think like that that's fine that's just that like, if it's just your opinion that's cool but if it's if it's going to get in the way of like the the development of the cosmos more generally and like like shitting on other ideas it's like okay like chill out it clearly clearly isn't the the future of the cosmos clearly and self-evidently has to be that these other ideas that are more about smaller lower market cap app chains working in heterogeneous ways that are talking to each other by protocols but have internal implementations that are vastly different that is the only way the cosmos makes it and if if you really just want to only focus on the hub, that's cool. But that will bring the whole ecosystem down if you win. If it becomes a, a question of do the innovators win or do the incumbents win, then the incumbents winning would mean a, the Cosmos not making it, right? So I think that's why I'm being a little bit of a, like free son of a prick about it, because the the danger of letting of let like it's just like a minor bit of fud because they're like, oh, the idea isn't fully threshed, fleshed out, and you're like, yeah, fine. It's it's kind of natural to 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 their incentives are we've been working on this thing for a year and a half and we want just to just be like hey come on guys ye, don't get ahead of yourselves but it's also like very i think it can also be quite insidious to let those kind of ideas go a little bit unchallenged in this sort of a, a discussion because there's a lot of there is a lot of money and there is a there and there is actually you know kind of the future of the ecosystem at, at stake in terms of like we you know you do need to encourage people to keep an open mind about these new developments that are coming along right
5: and and to be fair, in in this document, I'll put it in the link in the show notes too. But in this document, they they do recommend to switch to mesh security when it's ready. Like even with that ten percent that that I think Jake called out on the power cap, and so they're it's before their math class at the end. But before that, they do say like when it's ready, switch to it. So and that's early, right? So I I mean, credit you know they recognize it.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and on a lighter note as well, I just, just want to say that fine. you It's fun to criticize them. I think, you know, the more people we have looking at this stuff, the better, um, if I wasn't so busy, like trying to like build shit, I'd spend more time like engaging, you know, with like responding to the analysis. But I think, you know, this is the kind of feedback that makes like, you know, like protocols like mesh security, like a lot stronger and we'll be happy to work with them as we get like closer to the final implementation. The only thing I didn't like was just like, yeah, I don't think they calculated the, the math. Right. Um, but you know, can be fixed. Yes. Can be fixed. Just want to say as well, uh, on the point of Ben
0: generally making decent points in the comment, he also observed that Null likely holds more, uh, <laughs> fought than Atom and that, and he's really actually just excited about the return of the castle, which I can confirm. Although to be fair, maybe that's more jabby. Actually, jabby was the real jabby. Jabby was the real forces degenerate. He nearly ruined himself on that one. Um, yeah, he went deep on the castle. <laughs> he went deep into the castle lads um okay
1: it's so funny at the end of it we're like man we've been saying it's a fucking ponzi the whole time
5: what are you doing and he's like <laughs> I thought it was a ponzi
0: he, he even knew it was a ponzi on 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 the way on the way up and on the way down so, um, uh, so we, have,
1: we have a question here from soy 2 studio because he was he was talking about some um some questions that Nick White of Celestia um, is a bit of a critic. And so I've asked for some more pointed questions so that we can bring them up. Um, So one question he's got here uh, in case of an attack, you would have to fork every chain with malicious cross stake on it to penalize them. Anyone want to um,
2: add some commentary to that? Uh, I don't believe it. You mean this talking of attack is a successful Byzantine fork of a consumer chain? Um, I think I think what he's talking about is that if a consumer chain were to,
1: you know, have some sort of uh, Wasm attack that may have been successful and halted the chain or, or something similar.
3: I think, I think <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, I, th- I think his point was that if a provider chain is actually malicious, it will just censor any evidence from being submitted to it, so that their own validators don't get slashed. So, if like I have a chain that's like you know, providing security to another chain and then, you know, I can just like prevent the evidence coming in, which is a couple of things, which is one, I mean, yes, you just chose a bad provider chain, right? And the whole point is that, you know, you should not be relying on only one provider chain to provide your full security, right? You should be relying on many provider chains to do that. So that way there's not just one chain can do that. Uh, The second response though, is we actually, so uh, thinking about this exact problem actually led us to come up with this uh, new idea that's like k- kind of helpful for uh, dealing with censorship of, of mesh security evidence, but actually just helpful for dealing with censorship of any kind in Cosmos. And so we're calling it interchain sanctions. And how that works is, let's say you have a chain that's like, let's say Osmosis is like censoring someone from, doing, from submitting certain... Te- some from submitting transactions right i mean one thing is that you know the goal of our threshold decryption and all that kind of stuff is to help solve that but on but secondarily like you know well you could another thing you could also do is submit your transaction let's say on juno your osmosis transaction you submit it on juno into the ibc channel and what it will do is any new ibc messages that come we today we have this like uh, in IBC, you either have like unordered channels or fully ordered channels. We're proposing this like model of like partially ordered channels where you can um, say like, "Hey, I want to make sure this transaction gets at the top of this IBC queue and block any other transactions from a uh, package from going on this channel. And what you can do is basically, if you feel like you're being censored, you just submit your transaction to all the counterparty chains of the censoring chain. And it basically halts all IBC communication to the censoring chain until they process the uh, sen- the transaction that's being censored. So it's kind of like interchange sanctions where all the chains are sanctioning uh, they block off IBC communication to that one chain until that chain stops censoring basically. So I think that's actually so you know the original goal here was like hey, we can use this to make sure chains don't censor mesh security evidence but there's other you can use this for any sort of censorship really.
4: Cool. Uh, I think another That's point is like if if a provider chain did prove malicious like well consumer chains have options they can just like remove remove that provider chain now that provider chain's not getting any rewards um and then if like a provider chain was doing this a bunch of people would probably like remove that provider chain right. um and so there, there there is like you know sort of um some game theory there um but yeah. I think a lot of people that are critiquing um, mesh security have like huge bags in something else and they, uh, tend to, you know, interpret mesh security in like, like a very broad way (laughs) or like just the way that they want to interpret it. Like a lot of the early critiques just assumed it was like based around validators, which it's not like, (laughs) um, and just a lot of like, people teams didn't watch all of Sonny's talk because they like missed the parts about like voting power caps and you know um things like yeah. that
0: and it's a pretty short and so- digestible talk i mean so i i bang on about about how the, the evidence is that you can easily digest about 20 minutes of of technical information with somebody talking at you before before you start to basically drop off your brain stress level goes up or whatever <laughs> Sonny's talk is almost exactly the right length to digest. So you've really got no excuse.
4: <laughs> Sonny, I don't know how you do it. You're like, you you lay out the most complex shit in like the most clear way possible. I'm so jealous. I think it's that that fucking armor
0: was so fucking heavy, you just need to get it done and get the fuck <laughs> out of it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Hey, Sonny, I have an absolutely completely unrelated question to anything <laughs> we've been talking about. Um you did a you did like a presentation, I'm pretty sure, uh, last year sometime, or maybe even earlier, that was talking about the um lockup period for tokens and why it exists for the security. Do you remember what that was on? So I can bloody well look it up on YouTube.
3: <laughs> um I think it might have been my Cosmoverse talk from last year when I introduced Superfluid Staking.
4: Yeah, it was the I'm pretty sure it Cosmoverse was. Talk
3: hard to find it and i just
1: could not bloody
3: well find it yeah i think you just look up the cosmoverse 2021 talk on superfluid staking and like i think the first half of that is about like bonding and unbonding periods
2: yeah okay i'll try that thanks we should open a betting pool now you know uh cosmoverse 2021 sunny dropped superfluid staking 2022 he drops mesh security 2023 what's he gonna drop like what crazy innovation is Sunny gonna drop in 2023 cosmoverse we should make some sort of you know do we have a futures market there some prediction market on Cosmos somewhere okay. i mean
0: it, it depends it depends what what happens on europe's eastern border it might be it might be here's how you cook a rat on a spit over an oil barrel <laughs> in the ruins in the ruins of a major american city but uh, so that, that could be the hottest technology of 2023 uh <laughs> introduce
2: mesh to doge doge chain. yeah that's, Hopefully that's just ending. yeah right yep hopefully australia will still be standing at least yeah
0: have you ever read the book on uh on the beach that's uh that's literally the premise of the book the premise of the book is uh all-out nuclear war to quote defcon um and uh australia untouched but obviously that nuclear winter is not survivable Uh, so it's basically about a bunch of australians going like oh no we are actually fucked oh well better get a point (laughs)
2: my,
0: <laughs> how much beer do we have left? That would be my summary of the book. There's like just a lot of there's there's like a bunch of like American naval ships that are kind of caught out in the Pacific that just rock up to Australia and everybody's just like, "Yeah, you guys really fucked it." Anyway, how long have we have got left to live? Three months. Oh <laughs> anyway. shit. Okay, right. I guess I'll go walk about for a bit and then I'll have a pint and take some Valium. Then that's, that's Wait, what's the premise is that
3: Australia on its own doesn't have like enough resources to like can't it, it, it's not self
2: sufficient enough. A nuclear winter, you basically like, all the plants are yeah. yeah. All the
0: Easter plants, plants, right. plants die. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, and the radiation right. level, I mean, the background radiation level goes up so much that you have a, a like a statistic, like there's a statistical um likelihood of you developing like life ending cancer that is like a cliff. Oh, is this is this in the book you're talking about?
1: Yeah, he's I, predicting no, there hasn't been a nuclear like
2: building. He's like, dude, next year nothing's gonna happen, we're all gonna die. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, you know it um could fun, be. Fact. Think wrong, a fun fact i'm not
0: saying you're wrong hey look you set your expectations low and then <laughs> next year right if sunny if we're around for sunny to give a talk we're gonna be like well man it wasn't mesh security but like we're all just happy to be here man and then if and then if sunny does do an amazing epoch changing talk we'll be like smashed it mate another another classic for another the bank nice. classic
1: so there's a fun fact about australia um with regards to like, you know, our, our policies around, uh, you know, getting taken over in wars and stuff and people rocking up with guns. Uh, so in World War Two, we just drew a line like down the down the eastern side of the country. And we're like, well, if it all gets too much, we'll just blow up all the access across the hill from like this side to that side. And we'll just call this Australia
5: over here. Just cut it in half. <laughs> just go like. Fuck it. You can have this part
1: it was it was the scorched earth policy (laughs) so similar to my lawn
0: (laughs) basically move everything over the urals um and and, which actually was an interesting historical point is that when the european empires were at their height the russian aristocracy uh felt um like fomo i guess for not having their own exploitative empire so they put a post in the Ural Mountains and on one side it said Russia and on the other side it said the Russian Empire citation needed this was something <laughs> This was something I read in, in as a seminar reading when I was at university as a tangential thing but I, I'm certain I didn't fucking hallucinate this uh, and it was so that they could basically be like no 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 at this exact post at this point up to here is European Russia it's like European Russia this is Russia Russia and then here is the empire I mean they're the same contiguous bit of land but believe me they're they're definitely different. Um, so it sounds like you kind of did that except without the post without the, we're just like, yeah, we'll let that bit go. It's okay, not, yeah, that's fine. We that got heart. another one. We got another one. It's a better one over here. <laughs> like that one's last year's. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> sorry, this is, this is the problem. This is why, this is why we have normally the one hour limit on guests because after an hour, our attention span wanders onto random subjects,
5: uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the danger. Um Meanwhile, so- I'm Googling Ural Mountains Russian Post. <laughs> <laughs> Citation
0: needed. uh <laughs> um, thanks to whoever, whoever did that. Uh, uh so that's the end of the mesh. We're on are we done with the mesh. Bullshit. Are we yeah. on to are we on to okay,
3: oh, right, right? I
5: pre- guys, we really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about this. I, this is the first time I really understood it and I know reached out to all three of you asking questions and things like that. That was awesome.
2: Thank you. That's right.
5: I is it this is I was
2: good to see you guys. And good to see you, Jake and Sonny. Same show is pretty cool. Yeah
4: yeah this is fun
2: Are you running it's been an unusually informative episode <laughs> Yes, yeah, has been
0: back to, back to our usual shit next week <laughs> yeah I think somebody said in the chat a little bit earlier um, something about Sam Br- Bankman-Fried's haircut and the panel and I was just like we were literally talking about that before the show started whether all because uh, I think Jabby just said probability for present surprises approaches one as expectations go to zero as That's stress right. levels go to one probability of sam bankman freed haircut also goes to one they are they're one-to-one correlated (laughs) strongly positively correlated uh the longer the bear market goes on the more the more curly hair you see that's weird not just Uh, curly the more stressed haircuts stressed beards stressed beards stressed haircuts um so so how i I think usurper put in the private Mm. chat the private chat we're showing you behind the curtain in the final few episodes of the show. Viewers, don't get too too freaked out by these revelations. Of professionalism. What do you
1: mean the final in the final few episodes? Are we not doing episodes? <laughs> what do you know? Episodes a few minutes. You mean before expectations you- go to zero here.
2: Expectations for
0: the new episode go to zero. <laughs> you Eserpa you wants to know what is a reasonable expectation or time frame for mesh in the wild like in production?
4: Uh, i mean in terms of like production like real production to, to me production is like high economic value secured between like big chains like osmosis and like juno for example like yeah it's it's hard to say but definitely like that's going to take a lot longer before before we deploy it in a way that people are going to like really ape into it like it needs to be like very very battle tested we need to like work on the ux around it we will probably need to get like multiple auditors or whatever so like i i don't imagine that before like q2 at like super early early earliest like ends probably likely like after that in terms of like uh fuck around and find out test and prod pro, prototype <laughs> end of the year i'm serious like we're probably gonna <laughs> fucking make this happen no, like, no really I'm, I'm, yeah it's, I'm, don't yeah
5: fuck like, around find out don't. in 2022
4: Wow. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think it'd be really fun to just like do it between like Juno and and Wawa or whatever. And we'll like even like cap the amount of rewards. So it's like not like we'll, we'll just like put some hard caps in there to like keep people safe. Mm -hmm. But I think you fundamentally just like have to like, you know, test these things out with like small amounts of like real money. Otherwise people don't have incentive to like try and break them. So, um, I think, yeah, uh, I look for that by like the end of the year. Somewhere, like, somewhere, Jake's you know, lawyer
0: is having a fucking hemorrhage, like at this exact moment. Let's face
1: it, Jake doesn't have a lawyer. It's gonna be
0: like, has anybody seen the um the GameStop documentary? It'd be like that, you know, where they have the Senate hearing and they just like replay this clip where Jake's like, at some point, you've just got to play around with some amount of real money and see what happens. It's and
4: it's they just like tap like, the screen. Terms of service, it. just like where you know, right? use at your own <laughs> risk. he
0: really said that he said that
4: he said that (laughs) meanwhile jake's like
0: jake's there on the call with like the poster of the cat saying hang in there in the background he's just like i like the mesh i like like the mesh mesh.
3: one thing people maybe don't know is i think we rewrote like probably like 60 to 70% of like super fluid staking, like two weeks before the launch of it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the trick to getting things shipped is you bet body parts. Last time, it was my hair, <laughs> maybe this time we do finger. <laughs> you
2: bet body parts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing is getting a few amazing devs together, locked in a room with a bunch of caffeine. Yeah. I think that, uh, that speeds things up a lot. No meetings, no internet, uh, no calls, no social media, no messaging—just GitHub and code. Really? Yep. Yeah. You uh, mean Gitopia and code?
0: yeah, that testnet, huh? I mean, it's oh, dangerously up? close to actual validator chat, but
3: oh, is Gitopia, like, have a public testnet?
0: There's a yeah, there's a there's a testnet. Um, there's we're, we're on the shortlist. I think I think it might That's actually. I think there's some people mad compound staking, and I think we're out of the valve set already because we're just like it's a test net. We're not going to fucking I, run an Orco compound. Comp- compound stake test nets. It's just like, oh my Dude, gosh, guys, it's I'm unbelievable, idiotic. I was like, drives me fucking nuts. I'm not fucking doing. And then yeah, we're out of the <laughs> set. I'm just like, okay, well, if you have challenges to do, whatever, fucking text me or something. I don't know. Uh, it seems like really, it, they've got a good product, but they does seem quite disorganized. Would be my not my lukewarm take on, on how they're doing. Hmm. Some
1: some people were going fucking ham on uh, on defund testing as well. So we just like did an upgrade and turned like um, inflation off. I think all, all testers yeah, sure. should have inflation. There's no reason to they have it on. on. Yeah. So on, on Juno, I'm actually trying to out compound the, the prolific oh, compound. There's still that one bloody... fucking
0: guy. I've, I've not checked in a little while.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'm auto-compounding to the entire rest of the fucking set <laughs> from the
3: bottom up. So, like, I've almost got him done. I mean, so, I think Obtain should adopt, like, uh, on osmosis, we only give out the staking rewards once per day. Because otherwise, you know, it's this game of having to, like, auto-compound yeah. every block. When If you just do it once per day, then you can just give it to, like, restake or something, and they can just auto, you know, Otzi and they just auto compound everyone's once per day which is like, I don't right. know, I think the right way to do it Epoch's all around